0: The world's not
1: going
2: to miss a bunch of assholes in Ed Hardy t-shirts. This is the Extra Hot Grade Podcast, Episode 8, for the week of October 14th, 2013. I am modern-day Minotaur David T. Cole, and I'm here with bus flipper Sarah D. Bunting. I just got the tweet. Human <laughs> voodoo doll, Tara Ariano.
0: Ow, I mean for you. And mute
2: butler, David Bunting. Mm. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Extra Hot Great. Joe is unable to join us this week. Uh, hope to have him back next week.
0: Nope, week after.
2: Week after. He's been called to Mount Weather. All right. Um, but we have uh, Dave Bunting. Welcome, Dave. Thanks. All right. (laughs) Um, Oh, Jesus. uh, Before we get into it, we just wanted to ask everybody who listens for a small favor. Each week, it seems we get a few people that didn't know the podcast was back, even though we've been doing it about a couple months now. Uh Uh-huh. So if you're um, on social media, if you wouldn't mind uh, maybe just posting something in the week or weeks ahead uh, that uh, people should be listening to this podcast if they've enjoyed it in the past or like podcasts that are a lot like what we do, (laughs) right? Makes sense. Um, If, you know, slap it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and uh, we would uh, thank you because there's people out there we used to have in the first run that are unaware that, uh, you know, we're back. And that makes us sad. Uh, all right so let's get to it shall we
1: speaking of haunted chickens uh, i don't even know um speaking of things that are back uh american horror story coven, coven. is back i can't i can't pronounce it coven no anymore Dave, thanks Dave to american has been saying movie. it that way
2: uh,
3: it just sounds like oven time yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I like to say we're referring Colvin. to, of
2: course, uh, American movie. Yes, yeah, um, and the uh, famous. You just that guy just refused to believe it was pronounced Coven.
1: Yeah, one of the stars is like, no, seriously. Like, had the dictionary. He's like, I like to say Coven. In enough. my
2: head, that guy who corrects him, like the 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 town thespian, is Brian Cox. <laughs> like, first, hmm. I think it reminded me of him, and I, hmm. I cannot in my mind it's actually Brian Cox doing like a really like undercover role
0: yeah rest in peace Mark Borchardt yeah (laughs) unless you're still alive if you can call that living
3: (laughs) oh jeez American Horror Story So Dave
0: Dave Cole, why don't you start us off Because I believe this was your first experience with American Horror Story
2: That is true Um, I'm not a big horror fan It's not like I'm scared of being scared But I just don't find being scared entertaining
0: It's true, I tried this whole weekend to get Dave to watch The Purge Because it's now available on demand And he wouldn't
2: (laughs) I enjoyed The Purge on a conceptual level (laughs) But I I know if I watch it, I won't care So I just kind of want to leave it where it is Without the
0: prequel, the
1: binge, it's really not good (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, so this was my first uh, exposure to the American Horror Story universe. And I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, that we have actors in all three series, but they don't play the same characters. Yes. Uh, or
0: in two, so like Thaisa Farmiga has been in two out of
2: three. Right. But we have repeat actors. And it looks like actors.
0: Lily Ray Yeah. It's like the Ryan Murphy
2: repertory company. Yes. Um, and each one has its own little kind of... Place in the beast horror menagerie, right? Like yes. last last one was aliens and crazy people, and this one's witches. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of was entertained, sort of, but kind of wished that it was uh, a little snappier mm-hmm. than the first episode. Of all, so watch the second episode, but I won't talk about that it, airs, uh, this it week. airs in a couple days, but uh, I found it intriguing. Mm-hmm. I understand that people are not as happy with this third one as they are so far with past efforts. Mm. no
0: I, that might just be me oh. it got It got the highest ratings of the series to date.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we know you hate witches.
0: Well, but the, that's the, the which part is what everybody who loves it seems to be responding to, and when they find out that Misty Days theme song is all Fleetwood Mac, they're gonna love it even more because <laughs> that's what that's one of the revelations. Wow. Not really a spoiler from episode two, um, but yeah, people were going crazy for it. Oh, okay, um, I, I think I'm the outlier because oh, okay. I I watched the pilot of the first season, yeah. the series premiere, and, and then you gave up. I almost didn't make it to the end, but my at the time boss, Mark Lizanti, ordered me to watch the whole thing. So I did. <laughs> but then I, I bailed out after that. And then I got back in on season two because God knows I love an f- unethical, crazy house where weird medical experiments are sure. happening. That's my jam. Yeah. So I loved season two. And this this one has not grabbed me so far.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I'll I, I'm going to stick with it. I am intrigued. Um I kind of enjoy that whoever is the, whatever you call it, director of photography or cinematography or whatever, uh, really, like... Has so many toys at his disposal and he's using them all. Like he's got tilt shift lens going. He's got like Dutch angles up the wazoo. He's got like extreme fisheye lenses going. They're using cranes inside of ho- houses, you know, for certain shots on staircases and there was stuff that like There's a really
1: that. neat shot of Jessica Lang just under the umbrella and all you see is the, cir- the black circle, which yeah, I thought was, cool.
2: was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so that that part of it is kind of fun.
3: Um, yeah, I don't, it's a good looking show. The production values are, are yeah, yeah, high. it is high. Um, I mean, it's you know it's fun to watch. I mean, I I only watched the first season. I did not watch uh, season two. Uh, my wife Sam did, uh, but I think she dropped off like around halfway through. I think there was maybe some infanticide that she couldn't handle that she just bailed on. Right. There's
1: always something that is going to trigger someone. I mean, what I sort of like about. Um, this show and sort of Ryan Murphy in general is that they, the pace usually is so fast that like, even if whatever it is is completely outre or offensive or just kind of not working out the way they thought it would, they just keep slinging stuff at the wall and something is going to stick. It has this like insane energy to it. Um, That seemed a little muted this time out. It seemed like maybe there were some network notes about establishing the setting and stuff like that. And I, I am concerned about this one just because, generally speaking, New Orleans and the culture, I feel, is a little bit damp, and I'm kind of over it. It's like, voodoo, share, like, fuck off. Like, (laughs) we we get it. There's frog legs. Okay. (laughs) Have something else to say. Um, And, like, Top Chef is in New Orleans this season, and I just... There's something about New Orleans and the culture. Having never been to New Orleans, the city, at all, I just think there are these shorthands in the culture that always annoy me and, and isn't it's true blood little, like,
2: new orleans based it's probably Louisiana. okay well
3: that's pretty close it's close enough i yeah. mean there's true blood also has its i mean i fell off that show a long long time ago but i remember there being a fair amount of voodoo tropes yeah and the like
1: yeah i mean i i like the repertory players uh i was concerned that lily rabe's character she uh played i forget her nun name from last year but she's, oh yeah uh she's always really good and sort of thoughtful and isn't you know there's something to be said for playing to the cheap seats which uh dylan mcdermott and jessica lang in my opinion both do i don't think that's bad i think it suits the material yeah lily rabe is a little more subtle and i enjoy her contributions but it did seem a little slow i mean i'm in i I've always liked the show, even when it's doing something completely stupid, but it did, it was a little more stately than,
3: than past premieres. Yeah. Part of what I enjoyed about it, at least in the first season was that it was kind of campy and seemed to know it about itself. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: I would agree with that. Um, and this, they, I, I like that, um, Sarah Paulson is back. I enjoyed her very much in season two and she plays a really different character this time but you know i i also like that they sort of they got to a lot of the exposition that in other shows i think would take a longer time to get out like immediately jessica lang's character knows that um zoe the Thaisa farmiga character and madison emma roberts have fucked up the frat boy party bus. (laughs) like that that doesn't take a long time to tease out of anybody and you know so it lets them get right to it which is good
1: yeah, that's true. And uh, I'm a little concerned about their internal logic as far as the witchcraft. Like, they have these powers, but then why would they kind of submit to, like, the rules at, at Miss Robichaux's Academy? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they have these powers, but then they're sort of farmed out there by their parents. And in Zoe's case, her power is, like, uh, like mental Vagina dentata. Sure, that um, she sleeps with these guys and then their brains liquefy. I mm-hmm. guess is the thing. She's yeah. like that character
2: um, from X Men who can't touch anybody. Yeah, Rogue. Uh, rogue, rogue. Yeah. Well <laughs> she is. I mean, that's basically day. it's the same character. Speaking of true blood, and actually, yeah, so, all these yeah. it kind of reminds me of heroes, right? <coughs> Where every witch has like a singular, unique power, but doesn't really have like they're not. I mean, they're all superheroes, but you know what I mean. Like they're mm-hmm. not like Superman's got light and he's got the laser vision and all this sort of stuff but yeah. like the but the hero is like well this guy can open people's heads and this guy you know can materialize through walls and stuff like that and, and it's
0: it's also like x-men in the sense of like the dynamic seems to be between you know do you assimilate into mainstream yeah. society or do you, you rebel and cause a revolution and that's obviously the, t- the two poles that are represented by the um cordelia the sarah paulson character and fiona jessica lang who
1: is her mom and is the supreme. But yep. my question is sort of about like Madison, for example, she doesn't seem to have any issue with her powers. And I think, you know, she submitted to going to this school because it was like a PR issue. Yeah. She dropped a heavy light on her director's head and killed him. But I'm also kind of not clear on why the others are there. or What, you know, Zoe wants, I think to control or get rid of, or contain this power obviously. Mm-hmm. But in the case of the others who don't seem that bummed out by their powers, it's kind of unclear as to like how is that going to work within the confines of the school? Like why would they obey Cordelia or Am I making any sense? Yes. <laughs> it is why, a problem. Why? Well, that's that's what? the function
2: of Jessica Lang's character obviously is to bring them up. bring them out and you know be, you know, you know, one's id, one's ego, and, you know, and, and the right. witches are on two sides. And, you know, and eventually Magneto and Professor X are mm, going to fight.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, you know, uh, even if it's a little bit slow compared to previous seasons, which it sounds like it is, like to open up. Yeah. And the second episode, a couple things happen, but it's, I wouldn't say like it's a big you know, they didn't jump in and get Mm. super crazy or anything like that. There's some stuff that happens. But I'm kinda glad that like this show is out there just because, you know, it's the the further like I think it's it's mainstream, but it still pushes the envelope a bit on on batshit, which I love. Like like when a when a series gets batshit, like the bridge Uh, the Danish Bridge or Luther and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. that's totally where I want a show to be a lot of the time
0: scandal is like that too
2: yeah it is and that this show even if you're not into like the supernatural part of it you know it's good that it's out there because that means if it's a success then the next person's going to be able to do you know like uh, you know, something crazy like Law and Order with robots, or I right. guess they already did that Century City.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> well, in turn, it's cool
1: that it's contained, too. Like, yeah. each season has its venue. I like that there's, like, a, you know, company of players. That's yep. kind of yeah. cool. Uh, it totally turned me around on Sarah Paulson, who I hated uh, prior to her being on this show, and she was brilliant in it last year. Um, and, I, I mean, I like that it's this sort of almost old-time... Like serial program, but then once that uh, scene or once that setting is done with, it's done with, and he moves yeah. on to the next thing, and it doesn't have time to get all labored. Like we've yeah. discussed in the past in passing, why it gets nominated as a miniseries like that's sort of annoying to me. It should just be in with drama in the in Emmy and Golden Globe consideration. But on the other hand, it's it is unique in that it it's the same people and it's the same show, but it's a different. Situation and different casting every time, which I think is cool. I think it's a innovative way to to look at storytelling. So well, well it it's also
3: cool just from like a production standpoint in that you know you can still have the same sort of overall players involved in the production, but you kind of get like a built-in reset button, so everyone can just try something totally new the next season, even if what happened previously didn't really work. Right? You know, they get to just try something totally, you know, maybe equally outlandish, but at least you know a different setting or a different you know story. I think it's pretty cool.
0: It also got around what my problem w- with it was conceptually with the first season, which is, you know, the reason a horror movie works is because there's a there's a climax and a and a catharsis and a denouement and, like on TV, that's sort of anathema to how TV works, where it's, you know, you have to keep spinning out the thread, but if you know every season is self-contained, that kind of solves that problem.
2: Yeah, it's mm. interesting that True. they were able to sort of, you know, by resetting every year, sort of like do the impossible where they're mixing the American system with the Bridges system. Yeah. Where, you know, you're getting a long running series potentially, but you're resetting it like as if it was a, you know, a short run, like how many episodes is uh, a season? 12 or 13. Yeah. I can't so remember. So it's pretty short. You know, it's not like yeah. a 22 order. Um So yeah, I like that part of it too, but uh, yeah, I'll keep watching. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued and I'm and, really surprised. And, um, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. It's weird. You know, I like weird stuff and, yeah and, uh, And maybe it sounds like I should maybe check out the second season because there's like asylum and aliens and stuff. Yeah, the second
0: season is really bonkers.
2: Ancient aliens?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I mean, it takes place in the 60s, so (laughs) ancient-ish. The other thing I'll say since it premiered last night is I definitely, in terms of like horror portrayals on TV, prefer this model to the model of The Walking Dead where... That's, I mean, I know it's based on a book and whatever, but that, ugh, it's so boring. I was Dave Dave put it on the premiere last night to watch the first bit of it, and it was so boring. I read a book. I read a book. Nobody seems to be shocked
3: by that. I'm not shocked. I, I tried Walking Dead, and I watched like, maybe, I think I fell asleep during the pilot episode.
0: Yeah, it's just just so I watched most of the divorced first so
1: from how people actually talk to each other. That yeah. you know, in the pilot, it took him like forty-seven minutes to ask what was going on with the fucking zombies walking around. <laughs> yeah, not to mention how long was I asleep? Why am I awake now? Why didn't someone snack on me? You know what? I'm not even going to start. It's not for me. I mean, More at for this, everyone else.
0: What the, what is this season four? Right. Yeah. Like at this point. Why hasn't everyone just given up? I know I keep saying this every time there's any kind of apocalyptic situation, but like, was, what are you living for?
2: There actually was a storyline this week with a lady in the woods who gave up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was her name Tara? Uh,
2: no. <laughs> mm. She had like a... She sounded like... It was like,
1: like Chiara, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was pretty close. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's weird because it's... Um, it's sort of like it has zombies, but it's starting to feel like it could just be a survivalist show. Right. And the zombies just could be like, you know, uh, Russians like from Red Dawn or something like sure. that. Because they're not really, besides the occasional person Wolverine. getting bit and turning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's more about, you know, how these people are coping and you right. know, finding shelter and, and building defenses and, you know, working with each other or not
0: so it's the logical progression of doomsday preppers is what you're saying
2: it sort of is actually it has (laughs) i think it has more to do with that these um these days than it does with say you know day of the uh, dawn of the dead or something like that like it's become more about the group than about you know the zombies which you kind of have to do otherwise you're just making you know uh action videos week after week Mm -hmm. but um it's like this one like the there was two set pieces in the premiere we're not well not really set but the first noticeable thing was that all the zombies are coming to their fortress fences and mm-hmm. every day they have to assign people like with sort of like uh with
0: pokey things yeah like I you saw know, that part.
2: like they're uh you picking up garbage in the park right. I was just going to say they, a trash
0: picker yeah
2: they and they have to like basically you know uh you know put them through their heads at the fence and there's like big piles of bodies and the other one was a pretty good scene actually where they go to a big lots which yeah. is an interesting a piece of product placement um big lot store mm-hmm. where they're just going to get supplies but they didn't realize there's all these zombies on the roof and they kind of go to a weak weak spot in the roof and then they just kind of like start falling through huh. the ceiling yeah into where uh, into the you know the electronics good department so that mm-hmm. oh, was pretty good pretty good it, it has its moments it's sort of like um uh a show that would benefit from the NFL red zone treatment
0: where
2: it just lets you know when there's a good <laughs> nice. action set piece going on and you can yeah. tune into it and tune out. Yeah. 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 But
0: maybe what could work for the Walking Dead is like, because after we saw World War Z, you described to me because you read the book yeah. that every chapter is sort of like a different view of yeah. the zombification of the world. Yeah. Like if they had, if Walking Dead had gone, if it had been a, t- a serialized yeah. version of World War Z, that might be more interesting.
2: If World, well, Potentially. If World War Z wasn't a movie and they made right. it into an HBO series, That's it would have kicked mean. a lot of ass. That's what I mean. Um because World War Z, the book, I found it was entertaining up to about halfway. Like mm-hmm. the actual um you know, if you plotted the zombie uprise and, and sort of, you know, uh defeat the top of the curve is actually halfway through the book. Right. Um so uh the second half isn't quite as interesting, but if mm-hmm. they turned that into a series, you know, they would have limitless potential to tell other stories right. and they could like even bounce around through time. And that would be fine. Like, yeah. you know, the arc of the, well, that's
0: what American horror story does.
2: Uh
0: In terms of each season, it's set in a different area.
2: No, 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 no. What I mean is, is oh, an, if, if the whole, episode. if the whole story takes place over five years, I see. episode one could be day one, right. episode four could have been, you know, day 2000 or whatever, you right. know, like it, because they're just like vignettes. Yeah. And, A lot of them are really entertaining. Like there's one about I think a a Chinese sub, um, and they find out that zombies can just like are crossing the ocean on the ocean floor, walking across the ocean floor, and Mm -hmm. they can hear them tapping on the hull (laughs) as the as as the um, submarine.
0: Oh, that just gave me an actual shiver. Yeah,
2: there's lots of really good moments in the book. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, the movie
0: just focused on one story.
2: Yeah, there was a UN guy or something like that in the mm-hmm. book, but it, it it didn't follow one guy through, and I felt like that should have been just something else. That right. should have just been you know UN zombie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, actually UN dead.
0: Uh, That's what I should have called uh... that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: anyway, but if print they if, it. if HBO or say you know um, even FX or somebody got a hold of that, that yeah. could have been a really good series. I feel like they that was a big miss.
0: Still could happen.
2: Yeah, I, I suppose it could.
0: Anyway, sorry or for that tangent. Or a series
1: that would be in the in the vein of uh, The World Without Us, did anyone else see that? Oh yeah. It yeah. Was on the history channel. and It still creeps me out. They re-aired it every now and then. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I can't all the high that. rises with the raccoons living in it. And it's like 50 years after people like Ugh. Sorry for that <laughs>
0: tangent. I'll just say I'll point out uh, one, what one of our commenters did, which is this is how I'll tie this segment into a bow. If you're in New Orleans, there's Definitely voodoo, and that means there's going to be zombies eventually. So that's how that all tied in. Yep,
2: Sorry, totally. All right,
0: moving fair on. Enough.
1: Hey, it's it's horror week. It's fine. <laughs> and going from things that probably won't be canceled anytime soon to an update on our cancellation pool, uh, we've had some uh, we've had some victims already this year uh joe who's absent today is i believe leading two out of three he sure is his shows have been canceled he selected uh back in the game which i guess is still on yes uh lucky seven which is tits up we are first cancellation of the
0: season and we are men's second cancellation of the season so two for three for mr joe reed um unfortunately for you and me sarah Uh, We both picked Dad's, which I read this weekend has just had six more scripts ordered by Fox. So I guess that's not going anywhere. Why? But uh, Betrayal,
1: is that even a thing? Like, has anyone actually laid an eyeball on this actual show? (laughs) I've never heard anyone talk about it or watch it or know what it is or not think it was a parody of itself. Mm Mm-hmm. How about you do me a solid and cancel it so I can have a shot at winning this pool? Well, okay, it's, thanks, it's clearly
0: going to be this year's 666 Park Avenue. It's like no yeah. no one is talking about it. And Revenge is not even really a good lead-in anymore. So I don't know what they're doing, but
1: I don't know. And I'm a little surprised that Sean Saves the World didn't perform for you, frankly. Because well, that was, I think, oh. the worst reviewed I mean, with the sort of caveat that a lot of people were like, we're not even going to bother shitting on We Are Men and Dads because doy, that that seemed to be the most extensively shat upon sitcom of the new season yeah among the the critics i read
0: for me is that i picked a show that's on nbc where the ratings are so low across the board that it really yeah what else are
1: they going to put on
0: exactly they can have something hang on for so much longer because you know relatively speaking it's probably doing fine-ish but people also hate welcome to the family so at this point it's kind of a toss-up which one of those two is going to be the first to go I don't know what they're thinking leading off this, putting an entire night of um, of new shows practically on. You know, it's, it's like three brand new sitcoms that have no name recognition and, and Parks and Recreation leading the night in yet another new time slot, making it harder for people to even find it. And also their whole thing is like, it's NBC's new family of comedy led by Parks and Recreation about no families. So... In conclusion, NBC doesn't know what it's doing. Therefore, Sean Saves the World might very well have a whole season for all I know. Uh, Is Back in the Game doing well? Because
1: I feel like I'm looking at this list, and it's going to be a three-way tie into, like,
0: June. I think Back in the Game is doing okay. I haven't heard anything that it's even on the bubble, but it's hammocked between two pretty popular shows, The Middle and Modern Family, both of which are strong for ABC, so it might just be, be a time slot hit. So... We'll By the way,
2: I figured out what the prize for this is going to be. Oh! But I'll let you know during game time. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay.
0: Interesting. let <laughs> uh, jazz.
2: That's get your <laughs> it Gets worse
3: every time. So. Is this worse than jazz?
2: Is the Mindy Project theme worse than jazz? I open it up to the floor Oh,
1: I despise that theme (laughs) I hate it I I need it. it It just seems like it's a Arsenio act break. It's dated. It doesn't go with the material. I don't know who she owed a favor. Was trying to get work for. Uh-uh. Like, why can't it just have a title card? Yeah. It's, anyway, it's so annoying. At least it's
3: not like stretched out to a full minute or anything. I mean, at least it's only 15 seconds, but boy.
1: It's it, a long 15, bro. <laughs> it's
3: bad. As a concentrate, it is definitely worse
2: than jazz, but it does have the saving grace of only being about 18 seconds long.
1: <laughs> but I feel like it may have been jazz and they just excised 15 seconds and slapped it on. I'm yeah. going to say it is as bad as jazz. It's oh. as bad as jazz.
3: It's as bad. I'm with Zara on
1: that Here, Here's the other thing. I watched that show, so I'm stuck with it. I can avoid jazz, this.
0: Yeah. And it's too <sighs> yep, short. Yep, as it's, bad. It, the other problem is it's too short even to make it worthwhile to fast forward it. So you know mm-hmm. you just have to hear it every week. I'm going to say that's worse than jazz.
2: Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty, I'm going to have to say it's probably as bad as jazz with the, you know, one is short and terrible and one is long and terrible. Um, but uh, Mindy Project, if that was played on the loop... You know, if you had to listen to that for like 10 minutes. Oh, you would go mad. You would go mad. Yeah. Yeah, that would be like the next chapter of American Horror Story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't take 10 minutes. Taking the under.
2: All right. Good to know, guys. Good to know. (laughs) All right. That means it is time for the canon. And Dave Bunting went above and beyond the Call of Duty this week and actually compiled his own pre-recorded as if he was a uh, some kind of professional re- yeah professional and um you know uh, user submission so here we go dave
3: bunting on tape take it away my submission to the canon is final grades the finale of the wire's fourth season it would be pretty easy to go on for hours and hours about any episode of the wire because it's so many shows at once but final grades is truly representative of what made the wire such a thoroughly great show now, The Wire was never afraid to show its characters multitudes, and that's you know for good or bad. And this episode's a pretty perfect example of that. Um, you know, from Tommy Carsetti slipping down the political rabbit hole, you know, sort of eyeing the governorship uh, mere months after his mayoral primary victory, to Jay Landsman uh, showing a rare display of compassion for uh, for poor Bubbles. Let's throw this one back. Sadass motherfuckers carrying more weight than we'll ever put on it. What about the Clarence? <sighs> fuck the Clarence. We've got Wee Bay, uh, you know, a murderer but not a fool, uh, recognizing the good in Bunny Colvin, taking in his son namond and also planting a boot in Delonda's ass while he's at it. <laughs> Man, come down here to say my son could be anything he damn pleased.
0: Except a soldier.
3: Yeah, well, look at me up in here. Who the fuck would want to be that if they could be anything else, Delonda? But you going to let go of that boy that that and Bodie fed up with Marlo's murdering confides in McNulty at the Arboretum this game is rigged man you're like the little bitches on the chessboard pawns yo I'm not snitching on none of my boys but Marlo this nigga and his kind man they, they gotta fall they gotta well, for that to happen somebody's gotta step up I do what I gotta I don't give a fuck just don't ask me to live on my fucking knees you know you're a soldier, Bodie. Hell yeah. As Omar says earlier in the season, A man got to have a coat. And like I said earlier, I could go on and on. I could go on and on just about the corner kids. Uh, like how Michael's now being groomed to be the next Marlo after trying so hard for so long to not even get involved in the game. Um, how Randy's suffering for being a quote unquote snitch has no end in sight despite Sergeant Carver's best efforts. Um, how Duquan's circumstances are just pretty much too heartbreaking to fathom. And, you know, how Naaman is probably the one among them who deserves Bunny's fatherly warmth the least. But the wire isn't really about deserve. These kids may as well be the trapped animals referenced in the poll quote at the beginning of the episode. In fact, most of the characters could be viewed that way, trapped by circumstance, bureaucracy, business as usual, or just an inability to go with the changing tide. What makes this episode in particular canon-worthy is the deftness with which it weaves between its multiple storylines without giving any of them short shrift. The amount of ground it covers is, is pretty staggering, um, but it never Feels like it's racing towards a finish line or trying to check off boxes before the season ends. In fact, the pacing's pretty excellent. Um, The show allows some scenes and characters room to breathe and share a moment. You know, whether it's Bodie and McNulty at the Arboretum or, you know, Michael's quiet flashback to helping his brother Bug with homework before he got involved in the game. Um, McNulty and Beatty in bed together sharing sort of a quiet moment. Um, or even this little gem between Bunk and Snoop.
2: Thank you all that for hassling niggas and shit.
3: I know I'm all that. I'm thinking about some pussy. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I could list all the things that happened in this episode, but that would be kind of beside the point. I mean, every episode of The Wire has a lot of things going on. Final Grades does something unique, and then it demonstrates the interconnected nature of our lives and our institutions and shows us why we need to give a shit when those institutions fail us. There's obviously plenty more to discuss, but that's sort of just a starter. So I officially nominate Final Grades for the Extra Hot Great canon.
1: Uh, I think this is an excellent nomination. Uh, I have in my notes, uh, it's like getting beaten up by Michelangelo. That's kind of what <laughs> watching some of these, especially season four episodes is like, at least to me. Um, I had not watched season four since the first time I watched it because it, it, a lot of it is just too tough to take. Um, especially Duquan, who I had completely forgotten about. And I think, uh, it was like a defense mechanism on the part of my brain because it's just heartbreaking. Like his old man coat and little backpack, and he's, he's all woolly and Aww. out of sorts. That poor kid. And then just Randy getting beaten down at the end there. Um, and I realized, I mean, I realized, first of all, how much I miss some of these actors. Like, just there's so much charisma on screen at any given time. Uh, and I think the actor who plays Michael wound up on the 90210 reboot. He like, did,
3: that's right. Tristan
0: Wilde. It was
1: like, you know what? Do what you got to do. But oof. Uh, like, he's whatever, some lacrosse playing East Coast transplant on <laughs> 90210. I was like, okay.
0: Uh, there's uh, a couple
2: indeed. Uh, couple on Walking uh, Dead this year.
1: Not from
0: this season.
2: no. But, well yeah. no yeah the but, uh, the, the, the DAngelo
1: showed up last night right yeah D'Angelo's oh, yeah there
2: and Cuddy. The, and Cuddy yeah I love
1: that was actually the one <laughs> scene in this episode that I I didn't remember it and I didn't like it that nurse being like you gangsters are all the same you expect us to patch you up duh, 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 nothing ever changes and it was like a weird misstep on the on the part of the writing like telling instead of showing but other than that, I mean, it's a brilliant episode. It has all the you know characters that you love. It has all the contrast between institutions and people. Um, I hate watching that Bodie shootout because you know what's coming. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think he went out on the in the Bodiest possible way. Um, and I just want to note also that the casting of all of the kids, the like street kids. Mm-hmm was brilliant because they were right at that point where puberty was like in progress or sort of finishing up. And the contrast between how they look at the end of the season versus at the beginning when there's still more children uh, is just really striking, especially in the fact that nay has gotten like heavier and taller and more resembles bunny Colvin when they're standing there together in the prison waiting room. And It's just an amazing accomplishment in terms of every cylinder of a TV show, every aspect of it firing. Yeah. It's great.
2: Uh, Sarah, uh, to rewind a bit, can you explain what you meant at the very beginning when you said it's like getting beaten by Michelangelo? Because I did not grok that.
1: Um, It's like, I mean, it's like just very difficult to watch and I felt wrung out. But I I mean, it's great art. So it's like being beaten, you know, with a Michelangelo or someone, you know. All right, you know you <laughs> got to dumb it down about for me, sir. the face Sarah. and head with the Mona Lisa. It's, Dave, you know.
0: did you think she meant Michelangelo the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? No,
2: I thought <laughs> I thought it was MacAngelo.
3: angelo uh, call back.
0: <laughs> you mean Mac
3: Mac-Angelo? Man- Mad- <laughs> no, Ma- MacAngelo Barksdale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> McDonald's Barksdale, you mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're uh oh, fuck oh, i never going um, this is
0: why people aren't tweeting the podcast is back it's back, but it's really stupid people are saying to themselves
1: sometimes dead is better
2: <laughs> there
0: are two
1: Girl.
2: shows where i am super happy just to listen to people talk and not move even you know just sitting at a table and one is deadwood and the other one is the wire and you know this show Could have absolutely no action in it, you know, and it would be just as compelling. Like, um, and I think uh, for me, uh, each season up to the fourth got better than the last. Like, the first was great. Second was better. Third was better. And this one was sort of like, you know, the height of the wire. I think we did not
0: have to talk about season five.
2: And yes, he's it never happened. Mm-hmm. And there never was no monorail season five in the Serial Killer Landry. Um, mm-hmm. but, and, uh, and as the finale to the you know, what I think is, is the best um season of The Wire, I mean, it really all the characters really come out. Um, the moments between like the two cops at the start, you know, when they got bubbles in the uh. Uh, um in the interrogation room and oh, i forgot the big cop's name but um Landsman yeah Lansman. Um, he kind of gives him a gives him a pass and he's sort of like going over it with the partner and stuff like that like those moments are great and um You know, and if you, I mean, not the same show, but you contrast a moment like that with the same sort of moment in like Law and Order or something like that. And, you know, you see why the wire is way up here when, you know, the rest of it's down there. It's
0: really not fair to compare
2: them. No, but I mean, (laughs) but I know what you mean. But, you know, in, in, In the way they take their time with it, yeah, yeah. In the way that um, it's not the perp; it's a character in there. You know, even if I mean, Bubbles was a recurring character, but Mm -hmm. even if it was somebody else in there, they take their time with it, right? Um, And I
0: I like that about the show a lot. Yeah, the season three is my favorite, Hmm. but I recognize that season season four is better, and I feel like the reason is you know something that Dave touched on in his in his. Excellent recording of the submission. With background music. With and background music. So, precious. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I feel like the other seasons. Season one touched on it a little bit. The you know showing us um, Wallace and and the kids that were sort of the corner kids then, and then sort of dropped that and picked it back up in season four to remind us like some people choose this life and some people have it thrust upon them. And I feel like that's sort of what what season three was about. These these four kids in particular. Trying to not, trying to not end up the way we kind of dread that they will. Randy, especially, I always happy to hear see Maestro Harrell or Harrell on Suburgatory because it's like I just pretend Randy got a better life, <laughs> moved uh-huh. to Connecticut, and everything worked <laughs> out for him in the end, <laughs> or Westchester or wherever they're supposed to be. But <clears throat> but yeah, this episode is great, and and it's almost the silent moments, like you said, that are the best. When when Steve Earle's guy Wendell when he goes oh, to find oh Bubbles in the God. hospital. And Bubbles is asleep in the chair and then wakes up and sees him and, like, can't, you know, you don't need to hear it to know yeah. what's happening. Like, both of those actors, not that Steve Earle is an actor, really, but both of those performances, so strong. And um, to see McNulty kind of slowly come back around to the idea that, like, he doesn't have to be a beat cop. He yeah. can be a detective again, and he'll be okay. It's a, a set off by the very funny scene with uh, Bunk and and Lester in the, in the gym, basically taunting him into coming back and being a detective again
2: and freeman being good police i
0: fucking love lester
3: yeah god it's so it's always so satisfying to watch him just sort of piece things together and i think one of the other things about this episode that i didn't touch on in the intro that's like one of my favorite things about it and it's the same thing that sort of makes uh the season finale of season three of mad men really exciting is the whole uh Sort of like assembly of the team. Yeah.
1: Freeman's 11. You no. Know?
3: Totally. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, the, the major crimes unit's been sort of, if not castrated, it at least had its tubes tied for most of season four. <laughs> um, and, you know, just to sort of see, you know, all the sort of all the events sort of conspiring, you know, now that uh, Daniels is a, I guess, a colonel, mm-hmm. right? Now mm-hmm. that he's a colonel and he actually has like a lot more pull, uh, you know, he's able to sort of oversee major crimes again to get rid of that total asshole who pretty much was responsible for castrating it in the first place. Yeah. And, um,
1: and there's that great scene where he's saying without saying it, like I can fix this problem for you if you give me back the major crimes unit, but he doesn't, he just, you know, Daniels is, yeah. With Mm -hmm. his giant eyes. Mm -hmm.
3: And I also kind of like how, you know, this episode puts a pretty fine point on, you know, at the beginning of the series, Herc and Carver are very much two heads in the same monster. (laughs) Um, And it's really interesting to see a demonstration of how far apart from one another they've drifted, especially just sort of seeing Carver deal with, you know, the foster system throughout most of the episode and just coming up against every possible wall and then seeing Herc basically, you know, getting the boot for all of his shenanigans all season. Yeah. It's, you know, and for, and, and Herc just fucked over so many people. Yeah. You know, throughout the season, bu- Bubbles included.
1: Mm-hmm. I read somewhere, I think it was uh, Difficult Men by Brett Martin, which I'd finished the other day, that uh, they originally wanted to have um, Carver be the step into the teacher role instead of Presbo. Oh. And I really love that actor, and, but I think they completely made the right decision. Totally. Just oh, yeah. Because Presbo is like the definition of overwhelm at all times, yep. except when he's like, you know, in. Like, inside, being a house cat and figuring out mathy wire things. (laughs) Yeah. And that he would be thrown into this situation and clearly was, you know, a stiff breeze away from throwing up for, like, (laughs) nine of the 12 or 13 episodes. Yeah. I mean, but then to see Carver, who's, I think, more of a hard-ass and more adept at life, at, like, the social game of of being a policeman. Yeah. Just at sea with this situation that it's like it's one kid why can't we do this and then he's getting screamed at p.s. by the real life actual jay landsman as his lieutenant
3: that's right
2: oh yeah that's right that's right yeah there's also a great omar moment in this episode you know where uh you get to see um him and prop joe and prop joe's muscle all in the mm-hmm. room together um, where they're negotiating, you know, a buyback of the, of the heroine that uh, Omar lifted. Mm-hmm. And, 20 on uh, the dollar. 20, oh, and the gravitas and <laughs> that. 30
0: on the dollar if you hear Prop Joe tell it later. In mm-hmm. that
2: series, mm-hmm. uh, in that uh, scene is is amazing. And the other thing I, w- I just want to give props for, and I don't think you hear it a lot, is the guy who plays Marlo is so cold yeah. and, and soulless in just the perfect way. Like that character scares me on a genuine level. Like oh, by yeah. just how like, you know, stone faced he can be um, yeah. doing everything. And it's, it's not underacting. It's nailing it. And yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, when you have flashier Characters like omar you know you tend to sort of push that aside but he I, he's really good
0: yeah omar no, that's is great no
1: because there's no there's no reasoning with marlo like at least mm-hmm. with right. avon and whatever we can get into what i think of that actor the short version is not much <laughs> <clears throat> i think he was directed weirdly but even with stringer that was someone that like you could reason with him there was some humanity in there marlo no. was just this like Power collecting machine And doesn't give a shit so. Well this
0: is Yeah this is the point That Bunny it's tries killing. to make To WeeBay in prison Where it's like It's not There's no code anymore There's This isn't They're not the corners That we knew Yeah On either right. side You know he's just like And that's Bodhi's point too Like they're killing people Just to kill them Like they're not Yeah just, They're piling up This crazy number of bodies But I I will say, all I was going to say about Omar is obviously Omar is great, and mm-hmm. he's almost everybody's favorite character. Sure. When they did the Grantland brackets, whenever yes. that was, it was that, their pick and also the president's pick, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to sit here and say Omar's not great. But I also think it's important that this this show gave us um, Bunny on the other side, who yes. is also one of my favorite characters in addition to Lester, and that he his showcase in this episode was figuring out... All the good he thought he was doing was bullshit, mm-hmm. and was not going to amount to anything in terms of this, you know, pilot project of this the special class, and that the best that he could do is you know one on one with the one kid that he thought had a, had a shot if yeah. if Bunny took him under his wing. Yeah.
3: So but at least the show flinched and gave us that. I mean, you know, yeah. I think he was very crestfallen to find that all the work he'd been doing all season long was essentially going to be relegated to academia, you know, forever. And not really ever put into practice, Um, but at least, you know, there was that gossamer thin silver lining of him, you know, being able to step up and take Naaman under his wing. And again, like out of those four corner kids, Naaman is probably the one who, you know, probably needed the help the least in some ways. I mean, you know, his mother, you know, and it's all relative. Right. Um, they he's all the need one help. we
0: want to have at the least, certainly. Maybe I'm yeah. speaking for myself. I mean,
3: really, he spent a lot of the season being kind of a brat. And, you know. Well, not- and
1: he's also the one, I forget who makes the point, like, he's going to be dead in two years tops. It may be Wee Bay who points this out. That yeah. He's like, yeah. if we don't allow this to happen, he'll be dead.
3: I think it's actually Bunny to Wee Bay. Oh,
1: yeah, could be. Could be.
3: Um, And, and he's making, that's in the scene that Tara was talking about where, you know, he's sort of making the point that it's like, these are not the streets. And I love that conversation because they're both sort of like... It's like, we both know when this happened or, you know, like, and, you know, like they both can sort of connect just on that Baltimore level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's division, very smart of division Bunny. Division and gold. Yeah, exactly. Totally. That's right. That's right. Um, the, And God, that scene was just, I mean, they just acted the shit out of it. Well, you and know, Bunny, I game mean, recognized actor, game
0: on either side of the moral yeah, well, yeah, divide, exactly. I guess. That's yeah. the
3: thing is that it is the game, whether it's the police game or the corner game. I mean, yeah. they both know it. It really is this sort of dance kind of.
2: I also and, like the... uh the parting shot a lot too that was that was cool just the neighborhood you know they just oh yeah and that's an
1: interesting like that it's like maybe he's not gonna maybe he's not gonna get out maybe he's not gonna see that this is an opportunity for him to just become a colvin and you know be straight and just have a sort of average suburban life
2: it's pronounced because
1: there's that guy at the stop sign like what's up and i mean i think namon still wants to think of himself as
3: hard and. yeah i don't know i think because i think he sort of looked at it I, th- I forget what the kid's name is the kid who's always boosting cars yeah but that's that's who sort of pulls up and it's like what's up and i, I mean he drives off drives through a stop sign almost crashes into a car <laughs> yep and i think neiman kind of looks at him with sort of like bemused like you know what maybe i won't miss that so much like yeah. maybe yeah I, maybe i like take be on cool a here team. yeah
0: as i recall in season five he ends up okay
3: yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think we're necessarily meant to think he's doomed or anything. Just, you know, it's never that simple in Simon right. world.
2: Yeah. yeah. So let's see if this episode is doomed or not in the canon. <laughs> so I say nice let's put away, it. Dave. Th- thanks. You're not supposed to point them out, though. Uh, Tara, how vote you? I vote yay. And Sarah? I vote yay. Yeah. Obviously. Three, Shh. The Wire, Season 4, Episode 13, Final Grades. You are hereby inducted into the extra-hot Great Cannon. Americans love a
0: winner. Yeah! And will not tolerate a loser. Nope.
2: It's time for winner and loser of the week, and who
0: is our winner? Our winner is Remington Steele, the fictional, or is he Private Eye? Because um, NBC is rebooting the series, and I think this is a good idea. Maybe I more the crap so out of that show as a kid, and I
2: could not tell you why.
0: Yeah, I don't know because like it's cause not a you kid had show. Three channels, probably. Yeah,
2: probably. Yeah. Well, I
1: but, would say Pierce Brosnan, but I don't think you're really the demo no. for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not Stephanie Zimbalist <laughs> either, Stephanie Bland. Yeah, no but way. um, yeah, we t- when we were talking about Sleepy Hollow a couple weeks ago, um, we sort of you were saying that it sounded to you like it was in line with Zena shows of that oh, ilk. Yeah. Yeah. Remington Steel, even though it was a network show, is like basically a syndicated show. Oh yeah, and I think if they can, if NBC can just relax and give it, you know, sort of the fun, disposable, um quality that usa dramas have and i mean mm. that very complimentary yeah, totally. <laughs> i think uh remington steel could be did you
2: read good. it's not actually a reboot it's like sequel oh really no it's her daughter doing the same thing oh
0: well yeah. that's fine no, i mean no, it's that's okay. a reboot i know
2: but it's sort of like a winky reboot
0: yeah yeah because everyone is just dying for <laughs> stephanie zimbalist to come back and reprise her role in the show pierce yeah, brosnan God. might come back he doesn't seem like he's too big for it yeah
2: he might yeah uh and a loser of the week
1: Loser of the week is Damian Lewis uh, for a bunch of reasons. But this week's is that he apparently had to read some stupid audiobook about Brody's whereabouts during the first like during the intervening time between last season's finale of Homeland. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And when he finally showed up again on uh, as we record this last night's episode looking like a ginger penis, please don't make him keep shaving his head. Shit ain't right. Uh, my theory is I think he's being punished. Everyone okay over there. Ginger Ginger penis. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Ginger yeah. penis. <laughs> yeah.
1: Ginger penis. <laughs> I think he's being punished for telling Esquire, whoever, or Rolling Stone, I guess, that uh Brody should have gotten killed off at the end of season one. Mm. Um or that which, was my theory until I discover that there's a print prequel, like a homeland prequel book. What? Um about Carrie. Oh. Paul, I don't even know. Suddenly, Carrie or
0: <laughs> the Carrie Diaries, she's up, she's the down. other ones. I
1: don't, yeah. <laughs> the Carrie Di- Yeah, it's like a. It's so big. It's a cube, and it's all her crazy wall writings in one notebook. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, no.
2: I, went, I was saying, uh, I think John Ramos uh, posted something about that on Twitter, you know, this audio book that he did. And I was thinking, you know, because he, he was sent to Montreal or something at the end of season two. And I just imagine that the audio book was him trying to figure out what the fuck poutine was. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 30 minutes of him just talking to this guy. So wait a sec. is cheese or curds. He's embedded
1: in like front Quebecois <laughs> or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, guys, I have a question for you. And it is this. Yeah. <clears throat> I was wondering if you knew what time it was. Is it game game time? time? It's game time. Ah, French fries, gravy, cheese curds, all together. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is the eighth (sighs) game time of the season. But since Joe's not here, I thought we would make this non-regulation so we don't have to asterisk any future um standings when somebody wins
1: fair and non-regulation is where i am a viking (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, but just to remind you joe is leading with four tara has three sarah is still looking to get on the board and uh dave could be our first guest point Mm. this week we never know um not gonna happen uh,
0: you uh, (laughs) You don't know uh, uh, we still don't know what the game is
2: yeah exactly dave might be right might be right in your wheelhouse Um, So for the prize um, for both today's game and for the uh, cancellation pool, pool, what Uh it is, is you're going to get a certain number to determine later of non penalty clues. Mm. Usually when you ask for a clue, you lose the opportunity for that point. Right. Uh, And uh, there's going to be some sort of system where you get the clue, but you can still get all the points.
0: Hmm. All right. So that's going to be the prize
2: today and the prize for the cancellation pool. All right. This week we are playing "Faking the Band." Oh, you hear that, Dave Bunting, musician. This is a. Yeah.
1: This may be near the
2: wheelhouse. This yeah. comes from uh, Kieran Coleman, who earns himself an extra credit, redeemable for an extra hot, great mini of his choosing. This game will test your knowledge of fictional television music bands. I will play you a ten to fifteen second piece of audio. Name the band for one point and the show they are from for a second point. If you are stumped, I'll give you the name of the band and then you can try for the point for the show. Got it. These range from extremely easy to quite hard, so don't get cocky if you get an easy one off the bat. Now we will engage our person in control choosing initiative computer system otherwise known as Picky 3000 to see who will start. We will start with Valued Guest. Valued <laughs> Guest. That means, Dave, you'll go first, <laughs> oh. followed Reason by you cared, your picky. New York City, she doesn't. Sarah, and then we'll go to Tara. So, are we ready to play Faking the Band? Yes. Dave, here More is or less. your first band. I'm going to pause this for a sec. We're going to play the whole clip, and then you'll answer, Okay. Got okay. Think
1: about a Brita was the hardest thing to do, but when someone's a bitch and a liar, there ain't nothing left to woo.
3: I'm getting rid of Brita. What am I doing? I'm getting rid of the beat.
2: Dave, do you know the band and or the show?
3: <sighs> the show is Community. I forget the name of the band. I believe it's. I know it's Vaughn's band, but I forget what they call themselves. <laughs>
2: Alright, you got one no. point. The band is Some Worries. Yeah. Some Worries. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> All right. Sarah. Hey, hi, hello. So that's one point for Dave. Sarah?
3: Here yes? you go.
1: Damon.
2: Oh Why is it not the night man? Oh
0: I have no idea on either
2: panel. <laughs> Nothing? Not even the Nothing. show. Nothing. Alright. Anybody else know on the panel?
0: It's it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Correct. Right? But I can't remember the band. Uh
2: called. the band is Electric Dream. Oh. Electric Dream, that's okay. right.
0: Okay. Tara. Yes.
3: Xenotab may cause dry mouth hair loss, an overly alert feeling, and in some cases may diminish your sex drive.
0: Xenotap. Well, it's Arrested Development. One point. And the band is like this (laughs) super long, the Tobias Funke family fun band. Dr.
2: Funke's 100% natural good time family band solution. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so
0: embarrassed that I didn't know that.
2: (laughs) All right. So we're back to Dave for his second question. You know I'm missing you.
1: (laughs) My mind is kissing you.
3: (laughs)
2: Dave. No clue. <laughs> Nothing. Mm. Nothing. I think Tara might know the show. It's
0: The Colbert Report. Yeah. But I don't remember the name of
2: Stephen and the Colbert. Oh,
0: right. <laughs> oh,
2: sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Sarah, here you go. Yep. Chumper! Um, Chumper! There's <laughs> a pretty big clue right at the start of that one, I'm going to say.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know.
2: Mm. Anybody? No. That was Animal Muppets? at the start. And that was Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem from the Muppet oh, Show. Oh, you know
1: who oh. I actually thought it was? Didn't Captain Caveman have a band?
2: It does sort of they are similar, yes. Uh, Tara.
3: Yep. The only cause of death was drifting off to sleep.
2: And they left this piece of wisdom that we hope you all will keep. And
3: they said, "Ah, ah, 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 ah." Uh,
0: I feel like I should know that, and I don't. Mm. Uh, Wait, can you give me the band?
2: Yes. Uh, Handful of Peter.
0: Family guy? Hey!
2: Hey. I forgot we could ask for the band. (laughs) All right, Dave. So why does this still feel like you're interviewed? Hey, every pony's all the times now. You complaining
3: that you don't know how Um What's the name of the band? <laughs>
2: My Pretty Pony. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. My pretty pony from Veronica Mars yeah that's why yeah. yeah all right sarah here you go
0: yep
1: it's just out of reach Can i have the band name please
2: sarah yes question got an answer
1: uh, I asked you for the band name. Oh, I okay. Know
2: that. Well, you're, the music was still playing, so I couldn't hear. Uh, Queens of Dogtown.
1: Queens of Dogtown. Yep. I'm gonna be mad.
2: Yeah. But I don't know. Californication. Oh,
0: yep. you won't be mad.
2: No, you won't be mad. Uh, like I said, there's some easy ones and there's some hard ones. Tara. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Band?
2: Hep Alien.
0: Oh fuck! Urgh.
2: She is thinking. She is thinking hard, but cannot cut off of that. Angel. No, not Angels. Gilmore <laughs> Girls. Gilmore. Girls.
0: Oh fuck!
2: <laughs> this Scorpion. is
0: hard. It is really hard. Sarah is looking to get on the board. Dave has one. Mm. I have two. All right. <laughs> it's a really low score break for score wow. break you have you
2: hit you hit a hard chunk. Okay. it's going to get a little bit easier. All right. so Dave, here's yours
3: uh, uh the show's got to be Brady Bunch. Uh, the Brady Family Singers. I forget what they call themselves. Uh,
2: on the show, they were known as the Silver Platters. Off the show, I believe they were known as the Brady Bunch Band or oh. something like that. But the Silver Platters is the fictional band name. All right. That's one point for Dave. And now we go to Sarah. got <laughs> it?
1: Can I have the band,
2: please? You sure can. The band is the Archies.
1: I I knew that.
2: Damn it. That might give you a clue as to the show name.
1: Take it. Archie and Jughead? I don't
2: know. You're on the right track. That was the Archie Comedy Hour. Oh. With the Archies. Okay. All right. Tara. Yep. Apples. You taste good. Trees. You give us wood. Grandma. I am gay. Bridge, me on in a sexual way. Spaghetti, <laughs> you're my favorite food. A dog in sunglasses,
0: <laughs> you're a real cool dude. 30 Rock is the show. I can't remember what the band was
2: called. Mm, the Woggles. Uh, okay. The Woggles. Oh, Did, oh, sure. Yeah. All right. Here you go, Dave.
3: driveshaft lost
2: nice that's our first two-pointer of this game <laughs> good done. job can't believe i remember driveshaft holy <laughs> crap me neither get out <laughs> here you go sarah yep. he's
1: playing air guitar but uh i alas do not know may i have the band name
2: please mouse rat Mouse rat. Mouse rat. Doesn't help. Don't know. <laughs>
0: Sarah only watched her very first episode of Parks and Recreation on Thursday. Yeah.
1: Uh, and they weren't on that. They oh my God, were not. that episode
3: is so hilarious, too. There so you go, Tara. Yeah. For all the latest medical poop, <laughs> called
2: Surgeon <culture culture Church> General C. Everett
0: Coop, Coop a The B sharps. Yes. From The Simpsons.
2: Two points. All right, back to back to Dave.
3: Oh God. Um is it the frozen embryos on my so-called life? It is not.
2: Mm. Good guess oh. though. Uh, it was dingoes ate my baby from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Knew uh, that
1: one too. God damn it! Really? All right,
2: picky. Yep. Oh, impressive. Uh, okay, number seventeen. Spread eagle. Spread eagle. This is for Sarah. Here you go. <laughs>
1: Ooh. um band name Jesse and the rippers. Ah. Jesse and the rippers. That's uh, correct. Full house?
0: Nice. Oh,
1: that's the first point.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the rippers. God the shit <laughs> whatever. Yeah.
0: Stables. you
2: not That was, uh, sorry, no closed captioning for you on that one.
0: All right. Band name?
2: Crucifictorious. Oh. Oh. Friday Night Lights. Correct. Todd. Score break, please, Star.
0: Sarah has one. Yes. Ooh. Dave has four. Yeah. I have six. Bye. All right.
2: Still a little bit of game left here. All right. So uh, now we're on to who is last? So this is yes. Taurus.
0: No, this is
2: Dave. This is Dave. Okay. Here you go, Dave.
0: I need to show you a
2: secret. It's gonna be a surprise. Come a little bit closer. Let me whisper in your
1: eyes. Let me whisper in your eyes.
3: (laughs) That sounds hilarious, but I have no idea what it is. (laughs) Do you want the band?
2: Uh, sure. Boys for the number now. Boys with a Z for now.
0: Amazing. Uh Conan? Oh, good mm. guess. That's a
2: good guess. It was from Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Burgers. Yeah, oh, Bob's Burgers. okay. I'm just Written, getting caught
0: up. Co-written by site contributor Wendy Molyneux True. That Aww. episode.
2: <clears throat> um Sarah. Sarah. Yes. You know it.
1: I have no idea what the band name is but I'm pretty sure that's South Park
2: correct for one point the band name is Faith Plus One oh. that's right oh. okay. all right S- me. Tara yes man I cannot remember the order for the life of me Sorry. Tara yes here is your fictional band from television are you going
3: to Scarborough Fair, to Scarborough Fair? parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme <laughs>
0: Cylon and Garfunkel from Futurama. That's Correct. Awesome.
3: Two <laughs> That's points.
2: So good. <laughs> All right. Dave, good luck on this one. You're not getting any
3: points. <laughs> Great.
2: <laughs> Rumors spread around that Texas town.
3: jack out. South Ranger. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah? <laughs>
2: This uh, is probably the hardest one, I think, on the, on the, I, on the docket. No. I'll take the band name just in case. Uh, ZZ Scott. ZZ Scott. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I don't know. It's from the uh, late and lamented uh, Ben and Kate.
0: Oh, yeah. sure.
2: Oh. All right. Sarah.
1: Yes. Back it up into.
2: Uh, band name, please. Sound LLC. <laughs> sound LLC. Nice. I'm going to be annoyed, I think. I don't but know, I don't
0: it, but know. that's a great band name.
2: Uh, anybody recognize the voice? No. Does it sound familiar? No. It was Maya Rudolph. Oh. Uh, okay. From Up All Night. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah, oh. Up oh, All Night.
2: All right. All right, uh, so off to Tara.
3: hmm So here's a few simple steps to help with that. Step one, how the up. Step two, we'll get
2: in
0: the car. Step, step three, free. yo, let the car drive. Step, step four, we'll leave it belt. Step five, repeat step four. Uh, it's from Happy Endings, I can't remember what their bar mitzvah band was called.
2: Boys to Menorah. Oh, of oh. course. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, great. Dave, here you go. Just a small
1: town girl. Living in alone.
0: Train going anywhere. Too soon.
3: <laughs> Don't give them hints. The band is called The Glee Club. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming it's from Glee. Yeah. Correct for yeah. one point. Band,
2: the New Directions. Just whatever, New Directions.
3: Never, dude.
0: <laughs> Sorry, New Directions. <laughs> Worst. <There>. Sarah. <laughs> Make your <laughs>
2: So we Cut. have laughter. We have a laugh track or an audience or something in that one. Might give you a clue. Um, reminding you, you can ask for the band name for it. That's what I was doing. Right. Band name, please. Ian Rubbish and the Bizarros. Oh, God. The Ruddles. I don't know. Good guess. Saturday Night Live. Recently on Saturday Night Live, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, uh, no uh, let's see. So that. this is for Tara, right? Mm-hmm. Legal, accounting, shipping and receiving, online property management, including pest control, <laughs> nighttime security, and non-arboreal gardening services.
0: <laughs> well, that's from Scrubs, but they kept changing their band names. So I, don't, I don't know. I don't know any of them.
2: Well, then that doesn't matter. Then, no, does no it, it doesn't. The Worthless Peons. Oh, uh, of
0: course. The uh, Worthless
2: Peons. Sure. Oh, no, they
0: didn't keep changing their names. They kept changing their focus of their that's uh, right. songs. Yep. Yes.
2: Dave? Here you go. Shame,
1: shame, shame on you, Nadavia! Shame, shame, shame on you, Nadavia! Shame, 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 shame what you have done!
3: I don't
2: know. Want the band? Sure. Davis for counsel. I'm gonna say between that and the music, (laughs) you (laughs) might be able to piece this one together. I really can't. All right. Mm. Any guesses? It's the show that's homework. It's Treme. Oh. Yes. oh. Uh, I should have asked for- You were a sc-
0: close when you said the wire.
2: I should have asked for a score break on the last question. I but- was
1: really kind of hoping that that was going to be the Arnold Diaz theme from Shame on You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our relative by marriage, Arnold <laughs> Diaz. Uh,
0: Sarah has two. Dave has five. I have ten.
2: All right. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Yes. Your next theme is coming the up. Partridge family. Please. <laughs> We're the Partridge family. Which one's that? <laughs>
1: wow. Band name?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, this should help you. The band is Zach Attack.
1: Zacata oh attack.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Correct. Yeah. All right, Tara.
3: Yep. When the wind comes down when they nuke the town when dead clowns can't clown, we'll still be frickin' friends. Frickin' friends, freakin' friends. So we got the bands with frickin' friends.
0: Band name, please?
2: Mystic with uh that's uh S T I K. Yep. Spiral, Mystic Spiral. No, Now If Joe wow. he was here, he might get it.
0: Daria. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. Here is your last theme. I mean, your last band.
1: Yeah, they brand you a star.
0: Put you on the midnight train, going very far.
3: Oh my God! I've heard that. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, all right. Give me the band name. Karma Rocket. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> Anybody? That's from no. Party Down. That was. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, the Not blonde right. guys. Uh, yeah, sure. Band. All right, Sarah. Here's your last one.
1: We creep out in the dark of night. Cat claws are the way we walk.
3: Meow is the way we talk, Whisker Patrol, Whisker Patrol.
2: (laughs) That's right up your alley. You love cats. I do. (laughs)
1: Um, I need a band name, though. Catnap. Oh. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Uh, As tempting as it is to guess Josie and the Pussycats, I'm going to say 30 Rock instead.
2: Anybody? Mm -hmm. Don't remember that? No. It's the uh, cat band from Portlandia.
0: Oh, sure. (sighs) Where
2: the cat starts scratching and then they Yeah. All right. Tara, (laughs) your last (laughs) and the last. Here we go. Try,
3: try, try again. Try, try, try again. Head first this time.
0: Titanica from Mr. Show.
2: Correct. All right. So let's get a final
0: score. Uh, Sarah had three. Dave had five. I have 12.
2: Okay. So I guess Tara won. And you want to do the tiebreaker for some shits and some giggles?
0: giggles? Sure. All
2: right. Whoever uh, gets it first, uh, who knows what's going to happen, whoever gets it first. Please be the monkeys. Please be the monkeys.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh. Oh. Scrantonicity, the office. Yes,
0: that's right. <laughs> nice. nice.
2: All right. <laughs> uh, okay. For answering that, Dave, um, I'm going to give you one future um Advantage. clue point. Yes. Okay. All right. Future clue. Yep. Future clue. And for Tara for winning this one, you get two Ooh. clues. In the All future right. to use. Okay. And uh, the winner of the cancellation pool will get four. Whoa! All right. Ooh. So that's Whoa. how it's going to shake out. Hang
0: in there back in the game.
2: All right. So congratulations, <laughs> Tara. <laughs> Tara. Alright, guys, that's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We gathered around the cauldron to discuss American horror story, Coven, and checked in for an update on the fall show Deadpool. We asked if the Mindy Project theme was worse than jazz, and Dave successfully pitched us Wires season four finale for the canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Tara was the winner of this week's bracket non-regulation game time called Faking the Band from Kieran. Kieran earns himself an extra credit for his troubles, and that was a lot of work, so thank you very much. He even clipped all the songs. Whoa, impressive. Wow. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of bands, uh, if you want to make your fictional band a reality and you're in the Brooklyn area, Dave, where should they go?
3: Probably to King Killer Studios.
2: King Killer Studios. What's the uh, domain on that?
3: That would be www.kingkillerstudios.com.
2: All right. If you'd like to submit something to the podcast, look in the info section at the top of Previously TV. We are on Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus, and we're in your underwear drawer when you're not looking. We're everywhere. So, uh, you know, let us know what you think. And if you've got any questions, let us know. And guys, remember,
0: we're listening.
2: I am David T. Cole On behalf of Tara Ariano
0: Careful or I'll drop a house on you too
2: Dave Bunting Bye <laughs> Sarah D. Bunting That was a little pitchy dog Thanks for listening We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great
3: How much? 20 on the dollar 10 nigga. Don't make me say twenty-five now. That's four hundred thousand. How about we take your faggot ass in the back room and get into some diabolical brutality? Find our shit the old-fashioned way. Feel me? Oh, I feel you. Sound like a plan? I don't know, though, Joe. You think Omar gonna give it up? Twenty on a dollar, it is.